0: At one point in your life, or maybe even now, you have felt or feel rejected. It's one of the parts of life, y'all, that I wish didn't exist, but it does. And whether it's from others rejecting us or us rejecting ourselves, we can find it a part of our lives more often than we'd like to imagine. Whether it happened in grade school or it happened just yesterday, it can leave deep scars that really start to affect our relationships, the way we view ourselves, and our identities and our behavior for years to come. But I would challenge us that instead of letting it define us, bring us down, drag us into despair, that we instead use it to draw closer to God and learn more about ourselves and how we can love one another. Who better to join me in today's conversation than Kate Warman? Her new book, Thank You for Rejecting Me, just came out. So it's perfect timing for you to go and run and grab it off the shelf, order on Amazon. You'll hear more about the book in our conversation. And let me just tell you, it's fantastic. Kate is a popular dating coach, and she's the host of the Heart of Dating podcast. And today we're diving into freedom, wholeness, and purpose and taking a closer look at rejection, how we can view it, what we can do with it, and how to stand strong in our identity that God gave us, not the ones that we try to define for ourselves. If you've ever seen the movie Inside Out, Kate is totally the character Joy. She is fun and spunky, incredibly wise, and will make you smile at least once in this conversation i can guarantee it so here's kate and me giving you a huge hug sitting you down talking through rejection and what we can do about it Hey Rachel, <laughs> what have you been up to recently? I feel like everyone's living very interesting lives right now. Yeah, well, <laughs> I know. in California
1: there's not a lot going on, but we have a lot of beautiful scenery and beautiful things outdoors. So I've been doing a lot of walks. That has been my thing right now, just a daily centering Ooh. walk uh around the neighborhood and exploring new neighborhoods or going on hikes and so That's kind of what I've been doing lately. I mean, like, it's really basic. Oh, I've been making some meals for myself (laughs) and learning how to use my air fryer, which I'm obsessed with.
0: (laughs) Obsessed. I got one for Christmas. Yes. Oh, what's been your favorite? Yeah. What's been your favorite recipe you've tried?
1: I think it's a toss up probably between Brussels and uh, sweet potato fries. Honestly, but both Ooh, of them are yes. so good. <laughs>
0: what about you? We did, we did the sweet potato fries, and we also did a wing night with some Ooh, friends, and that was a blast because you can decide on your own crispiness. Yes. You know, like everyone's got their own flavor preference, crispy preference. Then it was. So good, so much
1: yeah, fun. I love that. Oh my gosh, it is a game changer. And I, I like never. I think this is a 2020 trend because, like, I really never thought about getting an air fryer until I started seeing everybody and their mothers use it yeah. on social media, <laughs> and I'm like, what is this dang thing? Do I need one of these? <laughs> and then of course, yeah, you're like, I'm missing out. Know, I'm missing out. it's the FOMO, but I'm honestly so <laughs> glad I got it. It's my one doubles as a toaster oven, and it's just bliss. I love it. So there we Stop. go. Stop. Yours is the beautiful counter one. Yeah, it is. I know what you're pretty. talking about. Yes.
0: <laughs> it's a pretty Mine one. looks like an oversized egg. <laughs> like I have that kind. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah,
1: I, I didn't realize they all came in different forms. So not all air fryers are created, created equally.
0: Equal. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. Oh, but if you do not have an air fryer, y'all listening, I highly suggest it. It is so much fun. And it <laughs> eats things up differently than the microwave. It does. And Go for it! It's good. Go for it!
1: It's worth the trend. Oh. If you've been wondering about it, get on it. You should do it. It yeah. really is worth it. You can do. You can fry, air fry, so many things.
0: <laughs> worth the
1: hype. I know we're not even getting sponsored for this right now. Okay, so whatever air fryer companies, oh, <laughs> we're just this is free advertising to air fryers overall. <laughs> I was going to
0: say swipe up to shop. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> so people that know you would know that you are a relationship coach you host the popular podcast the heart of dating you have a new book um called thank you for rejecting me yeah all the things so good and I'm just so giddy for you to share them all with our listeners today
1: yeah I'm so excited girl thanks for that all that I mean I love it I love talking about dating rejection (laughs) so surreal that I have a book that I've written that now other people strangers are gonna read I'm like what (laughs) but
0: it's so cool. That's what a lot of my author friends say. They're like, it's so weird because it's like, it's one thing writing it on your computer, right? Like a manuscript. And it's like another thing to get someone else's thoughts about your manuscript back to you, like the Mm -hmm. editing process. But then whenever it's bound and you're like watching it sitting on a shelf in Barnes Noble, you're like, oh my gosh, like there it is. Like people are going to know me. Yeah, it's, it's like,
1: "Oh my goodness gracious, that those stories are out in the world." Like there they are.
0: <laughs> no taking them back. Right. No, no taking back. them back. <laughs> I do have to say the book is fabulous. I love this idea and perspective on talking about rejection because yeah. it's one of the things that I think um is rarely talked about, like heartbreak, yeah. rejection. Rejection sucks and it hurts. And um it's like the no fun part of life that can also teach us so much. Yes, and so I'm just so thrilled to jump into the conversation today. Um, funny though, because the title, <laughs> "Thank You for Rejecting Me," I'm like, oh, that's not really. <laughs> that's not how I. <laughs> I'm like, that's not what I would say. I'm like, excuse me, <laughs> yeah, uh, you're missing out on all of who I am. Yeah. Um, tell us about how you got to this idea and how this book was birthed. Yeah.
1: Well, I don't think you just wake up one day and you're like, yay, I want to write a book on rejection um, because that's like not the most fun topic. And um, it definitely took a lot of, it, it definitely has to do with my story and combined with the stories that I see of so many men and women I work with through Heart of Dating. And what I've realized is that before we go into like how to show up well in dating and relationships, we got to deal with some of the reasons why we're not showing up well or the reasons why we're not loving ourselves or the reasons why we're showing up unhealed. And a lot of that points back to rejection and these pains of rejection, which I don't think rejection comes in one form. When you say the word rejection, I think it conjures up so many different things for every person. So what I did is I took my book and I separated the chapters into different kinds of rejections. So a lot of them are all related to my personal stories, but it's not just about heartbreak. So that's the thing here. It's not just about going through a breakup, which definitely is a kind of rejection, but you can also be rejected through work or through like an opportunity that was closed. That door was closed. Maybe it was a school thing or a work thing. You could also be rejected through friends and not feeling like you fit in with them, not feeling like you belong and feeling like the outsider and that you're not the one who fit. you're trying to find where do you belong. Um, You can feel uninvited and just like that person that's like, uh, wait, I want to do and be all the things and but I'm, I can't and I'm not. And what is that makes me feel rejected. you can be rejected yeah. through your family, in ways and your family of origin. And, and, you know, whether you have a f- parent that leaves you and you experience sudden abandonment or whether you're just not heard and constantly felt not accepted by them. So there's just a lot of ways that rejection, I feel, come up. And I feel like rejection is so multifaceted. So when I looked at my story, I recognized that so many of the things that affected how I was showing up related back to a rejection of some sort. Um, and also, Rachel, I want to bring up that it's not just external rejections. I just mentioned a lot of external rejections, but something I also really had to focus on for myself was the ways in which I self-rejected and hated myself in little ways and sometimes big ways, or berated myself, or um, was really insecure or had a lot of body shame, especially. And so there was a lot of ways where we reject ourselves before others even have a chance. And so. This book will go into goes into all of that and why I call it thank you for rejecting me is because it's kind of like this behind the scenes there's like a nod to that there is something beautiful that comes through every rejection and there is a way that God is redirecting us and protecting us and yeah re- rejection is redirection rejection is protection but I didn't want to necessarily call the book that, but it, it really is a message of the book that re- rejection will, if dealt with, looked at, healed from, and processed, will lead you to something incredible. And so one day you will find yourself being like, thank you for rejecting me. And not in a way that says, I want to go through that again, but in a way that says, I can see why all of this God has worked together and redeemed in my uh-huh. life. Um, And you won't see that right at first. Uh, sometimes this takes a while, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it can take years for you to really get to, but I believe that you will, if you really dive through it and heal from it and process it and learn how to grow stronger, you will one day be like, Thank you for rejecting me. Like I needed that in some way in my life, or it led me to do this, or it brought something new that I never thought possible. And I learned more about myself than I ever imagined. And so there are gifts from rejection that we can uh, that we can have and that we can open, but we really need to actually be able to process them
0: (laughs) in order to be able to get to that point of saying thank you for rejecting me. That place of rejection can sometimes come from, like you were saying, insecurities first right and like how we show up yep totally depend like that is kind of how we can figure out and test how am I going to receive what I'm about to receive whether it's good whether it's bad whether it's in between oh yeah and so yeah I think like our our heart and our posture has to be one of those to receive it whether it's rejection or acceptance or anything else Mm. and I and I, I love that thought yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, we reject ourselves so much before we even step into the ring, and therefore, if we do step into the ring and we get hit down, it will, uh, it will be a bigger hit to our identity and to our worth and our value because it's basically confirming all the things we already believe about ourselves, you know. Or if we self reject, it leads us to not even step out in the first place to even take the risk.
0: Right, which is so funny too. You think about it, and I'm like there's been so many times I've like rejected myself first or like made fun of myself or tried to humiliate me before other people can humiliate me kind yep. of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like a preservation kind of thing. And I'm just going to call it for what it is. It's a pride issue mm-hmm. <laughs> for you wow. to be like, yeah. I want to have control before anybody else has a say. Right. And so wow. instead of puffing myself up and being, and not even puffing myself up in a bad way, but like being confident yeah, who God's created good. me to be. I'm just going yeah. to diminish who God's created me to be so that nobody else can deflate me. Right. And yeah, that's a scary place to be. But it's a place I think we find ourselves more often than we'd like to admit.
1: Yes. Oh, man, that's so real. I mean, there's people listening right now. There's ladies listening that it. Just, you don't have to be single to experience this. You can be married and be experiencing like, oh, my gosh, I don't love my body. And therefore, like if my husband looks at me the wrong way, I'm already thinking that he thinks I'm fat and therefore I'm telling myself I'm fat. And like it goes into this whole <laughs> slew of things. Yes. And we, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy in a really negative and destructive destructive way. And uh, I think that self-rejection is the one area of rejection that we have full control over. We cannot control external rejections, but we can control the self-rejections. And I'd like to empower women to do that, even though it's not easy. And I certainly fall in that bucket so many times as well.
0: Okay. So let's say someone's identifying by listening to us and they're like, oh my gosh, Kate and Rachel, I reject myself more often than I'd like to admit – What is something practically they can do to really cause them to stop, pause, ponder and be more intentional with how they're treating themselves, speaking to themselves and like really honoring who God's created them to be?
1: Yeah. So I think one thing we tend to want to do as Christians is like slap things with Christianese, like transform your mind and take captive every thought, <laughs> th- take every thought captive, you know, and like, these
0: are great. I'm laughing not because scripture is funny. I'm laughing because I just had this conversation literally yesterday. with. Oh my
1: gosh! Okay. Yes. So you get it. I can only imagine what you guys talked about, but I like li- read these things or like listen to these things. I'm like, great. But how, like, how do I do that? You yeah. know, like literally that's awesome, but it's not without, Action behind it and not without partnering with God in that and doing things like God didn't just create us like these lifeless beings that are like helpless, weak. Please just do things for me. No, like we are human beings, we take action. You know, my favorite one favorite example in the New Testament is the paralytic man, the pool of Bethesda, and Jesus comes over to this man who's been laying there for however many years, tens, like a couple like decades and he's just laying there. And Jesus says, do you want to be healed? And instead of his first response being like, yes, oh my gosh, yes, I want healing. He like goes into like complaining basically I'm like, oh, but I've been laying here, you know? And <laughs> that's what we do sometimes. Well, oh, but like, I can't, like, I'm so ugly. Or I, I just like, I have these terrible thoughts about myself or I can't step into that. I'm not smart enough. And at some point in time, we have to realize that we have to partner with God, but take action to pick up our mat. Like Jesus says, pick up your mat and walk. We need to pick up the mat and take action and walk. Right. So I think it's so important that we actually partner with taking action and learning how to do that. So taking every thought captive is amazing, but there's practical ways to do that right now. And it's not an easy process. There's no linear process of that. It, um, it is a journey and a process. So I say, start with one thought that you have about yourself. Maybe it's that, um, who, what, what thought Rachel, what are we going to put the thought in? And Then I'll break it down. Let's do, what's, what's the negative let's thought?
0: You're going to a new place, like a, like a party or a get together yeah. or whatever pre COVID. <laughs> and, <Yeah>. um, <laughs> like, let me clarify what's your mask on. Pre-COVID. And, yep. um, yeah. And you let's say, you are going to think poorly of yourself like uh, no one's going to like me or people are going to have a hard time talking to me or I'm going to be in the middle yeah. of myself.
1: Yeah. So like in essence, you're like, people don't aren't going to like me. And maybe the thought under there is like, I'm not interesting and I'm not likable. Mm-hmm. So that's what you're telling yourself. And, and therefore, you show up, but you already have this mindset. Nobody's going to like you. These girls are not going to like me. That guy's not going to like me, whatever it is. So – What you need to, first of all, recognize the thought that you're having. So you have to be self-aware because you have to just know what you're thinking about. We have to think about what we're thinking about, (laughs) which means what am I actually thinking about right now? And what are my fears going into this event? Or what are some of my doubts or insecurities going into this new, venturing into this new scenario? So the doubt is, Uh, No one's going to like me. I'm not likable or interesting. Okay. Then you want to get curious with that. A lot of times what we do is if we recognize a negative thought, we start like shaming ourselves. We're like, you shouldn't believe that. Like, that's terrible. Stop saying that. Then we start shaming ourselves Uh for having the thought. And then- how does shame ever empower us? Like it never does is the reality. Shame never empowers us to get up and actually feel empowered to move forward. Shame will actually leave us more stuck. It might become a band aid. You might make some movement, but it will not be lasting movement because it's out. It's not out of a place of wholeness and compassion. And so what you want to do is have compassion. Okay. How did I get to this thought? why is this becoming such a crippling fear of mine? And so you want to have a lot of self-compassion. I talk about that in chapter two, which is all about self-hatred basically. You want to have self-compassion and say like, where did I get to this? Like what line in my life led me to believe that I'm not interesting? And you'll start recognizing maybe little things, maybe big things, but it could be a slew of little things actually that led you to thinking I'm not interesting. Something someone spoke over you that discounted you, your parents not giving you attention
0: which is so funny and I'm thinking through it and I'm like it's it's I have to interject because I'm thinking through the moments I've told myself like oh man you are not cute today or you're not interesting or look at what your arms are doing in that picture or whatever I would never say that to one of my friends no never it is unloving it's unkind but like why are we so comfortable saying it to ourselves yeah it's so obnoxious Yeah,
1: we are our own worst bullies and you're not the only one. Like, we are all doing it in some form or fashion. Right. We're all doing it to ourselves. And so – but a lot of times what we do is when it's become so natural, we it, like, becomes the limp that we walk with that we don't know is there or becomes, you know, this victim mentality where it's just like – there's a, a sense that you can't get out of it. And what I want to empower people is like, yes, you can. Just like that paralytic man, mm-hmm. like you can get out of this thinking, even if it's been your thinking, stinking thinking for like 15 years or 20 years, like, or most of your life. Even if that thought started when you were seven years old, like you can. Be empowered to get out of that thought process and how you see yourself. And it's gonna take a deconstructing and curiosity and compassion to then reconstruct. But so you recognize the thought, you start deconstructing and getting curious, like where did this come from? Where did this originate? Um Who
0: told me that? Yeah, who told me
1: that? Is this a pattern in my life? And you start recognizing, oh man. I remember this one time my aunt Deb told me this th- thing and that really stuck with me. And then I remember this happened and that really stuck with me and hurt me and and so you start seeing these patterns and instead of shaming yourself you start having com- you can start entering into compassion and I think our language and how we view those situations is so important because when I look at the past I want to see it as Oh my gosh! Well, you should be over that by now. I don't. I I shouldn't be saying that. Well, that happened so long ago. Like, why are you still holding on to that today? You know. Mm -hmm. Instead, I can be like, wow, like that was really hard for you. That was hard when you were that age to experience that. That was a hard experience, and that really did hurt. And that makes sense that that lie started forming in your head and that you start believing that. And now you've been living with it for so long that it like becomes normal and natural and a very easy default. It's your standard, your habit. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And so, but you have to have an understanding of how and why you got there with the lens of compassion. And then once you have that, then you can start rebuilding it. Okay. I have compassion for why I got there. I know it might be a hard journey for me to rewire this lie, but I'm determined to, because I see how this lie is showing up a lot and limiting me. So how, what do I want to believe instead and that's where we go to like the scripture and that's where we even I venture to say go to your friends and say like hey this is a lie I keep telling myself like is this what do you experience of me when it comes to this thing yeah do you think I'm not interesting Like I keep telling myself I'm not likable and not interesting, but your friends. With I'm you, like, am so. I funny or I'm not? Like, <laughs> yeah, like just be real. Like, are my jokes dumb? Okay, no. but like, you know, your friends are friends with you for a reason. They're choosing friendship with you. So I love that friends can be a mirror to like speak the truth of like, here's no, like I don't think you're undesirable or unlikable or not interesting. Like, I think this element of you is so interesting, and I love engaging with you because this is what I feel like when I'm around you. So combining scripture with like the people around us speaking and pouring life into us, then we can start re-imaging what we want to believe about ourselves. I know that's just like a one process, but then we have to continue to practice it. And that's where it comes in, you know? And what I say to people, I say this in my book, it becomes like you are the referee of your own mental ping-pong battle at all times, you know, and ping, 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 thought, 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 thought. And when you yeah. you need to be on referee though. Like when you see things that are out of bounds, you blow the whistle. Hey, nope, not that thought today. Nope. (laughs) You know, like we aren't going to go there. I know what you're trying to do right now, but sorry. And then this is literally in my head. I talk to myself like this. I'm like, hey, I see you right there and you are not going to win this time. You're not, you're not. You are found
0: out. (laughs) (laughs) What is so cool too about this whole taking every thought captive and going back to that is it's not, the problem isn't having the thought. Because I think that just like us being humans, like, we're going to think unkind things about ourselves and others, and that's mm. that's sad. But that's who that's who we are post fall. But the problem isn't having the thought; that it's what we choose to do with it. Do we act on it? Do we believe it? Do we yes. say yes and agree with it, or do we reject the thought? Like do we go through this process you're talking about? And I think it frees you up because you're no longer captive. Yep to your mind you're able to take your mind captive which is what that scripture says yes
1: we have to reject it we don't want to be in agreement with it anymore like i am like you literally can verbally say it out loud. Nope, I am stopping. I am going to today stop being in agreement with that thought that I am undesirable, unlikable, uninteresting. Today I am stop. I'm you, I see you, and I am not in agreement with you anymore. And then this is what I believe instead, and I believe it because I God has told me this specifically. I'm beautifully and wonderfully made. Psalm one thirty nine. I'm talking to my friends, and they're clarifying that like hear the interesting things about me. So like I have hard facts that this is untrue. So, but like my mind has believed it so like for so long. So I know it's going to take some time for me to really come into alignment with that. You know, so it's a process. You continually have to reject the lies and replace them. Um, but I think what's so important is that first step though, reflecting, like really getting curious on where it came from so you can have understanding of it. Um, and now and by having understanding compassion, when a trigger comes up or when you find yourself in a moment, like feeling uninteresting or whatever that lie is again. In, you have compassion for how you got there. And you're like, okay, I see it. I see where this trigger happened. I see how you got here. I get it. And now that we get it, we let's walk up. Let's let's stand back up. Let's mm-hmm. let's let's use the new tools that we're working on and let's use that here. And that's why My subtitle, my book is Learn to Fight for Yourself um, because I believe that we are going through these battles constantly, even just internal battles. And there's ways where we can fight for ourselves so we're not stuck in the pains of those rejections, whether internally or externally, and that they're not plaguing our lives forever. Uh, So yes.
0: (laughs) We need that. Oh, yes. This is so good. (laughs) So of course, you're a dating coach and I'm sure you talk about rejection a lot. We've talked about self-rejection recently here in this conversation, but I kind of want to now reflect it to, um, let's say someone really had, like you have a very firm memory in your mind that's a little bit harder to work through of heartbreak. Like we're saying with external rejection, whether it's in a relationship, really hard breakup, family member, friendship, roommate situation. I mean, there's so many complex <laughs> relationships out there, right? Yes. And I... And I'm sure you talk a lot about rejection often, but if someone has experienced this heartbreak, like a lot of us, I'm sure have in some way, how would you encourage them to view this rejection from the relationship as less devastating and like really take control of it and go through the same process?
1: Yeah. The first thing when it happens, it's going to feel devastating and that's okay. Um, my The point of my book is to not say... We will never feel the pain of rejection again <laughs> because we will. Yeah, and we will. I say it, feel the pain to heal the pain. You need to allow yourself to feel whatever you need to feel and process through it. Um, Feel all of it for however long that needs to take and go through those five stages of grief, which are anger, de- denial, depression, bargaining, uh, blah, 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 and acceptance. I don't know if I said four or five there, but whatever. There's five stages of grief. You need to allow yourself to go through all five at different and a different weeks different days, you're going to be at different stages and you might go back to it. One day you may feel, I feel good. The next day, next week, you may feel like something hits you and, you know, you're just missing that person. You're going back into denial. Like, why did this happen, God? I don't understand. Like, this doesn't make any sense. And that's all right. That is the the layers of healing and grief are not linear and they're messy. And so in the wake of rejection, you need to allow yourself to feel all the feels and bring the pain to God and be lamenting with him and just allow all of it to move through your body. There's a great book by Bessel van der Kolk, and it's called The Body Keeps the Score. And it's this really awesome book. Yeah. Yes. And he talks just so much about how like forgotten trauma will live in your body and it will manifest over time and eventually it will leak out. Into things. It'll leak out into our health. It'll leak out into our thoughts. It will leak out into so many things if we, if not properly dealt with. And because it's like in our body, uh, it's, and we can't like physically put our hand on that feeling or emotion. Like it's not something we can hold in our hand. We kind of just like forget about it sometimes, but we have to listen to what our body is saying and be able to be in tune with the Holy spirit. What is God speaking to me? What is my grief saying right now? And just pay attention to it. Um, so, so that's the first thing, just healing the pain to feel or feel the pain to heal the pain and I I talk about this in chapter 11 of my book, I am a really big proponent of the fact that there is a possibility, there is a way, I firmly believe, to be able to grieve hopefully, um, which means that we can experience all the layers uh, and the depths of our grief and our pain, and simultaneously, we can cling on to hope. And I don't believe that hope is the absence of pain at all. And I I actually right. believe that God, I mean, I know for a fact, God didn't promise us a life without pain, right? It's like so obvious if you read the Bible, <laughs> there's so many painful stories in there. And <laughs> right. so grieving hopefully means you allow yourself to feel the pain. You can question, bring the questions to God. You can be frustrated. You can be whatever you need to be during that season. And you can allow yourself to have hope for your future. And the reason you do that is you need to look at and know so deeply to your core and understanding the character of God, which is that he is for you, that he makes all things new, and that he is working behind the scenes to do so much. Like we only right now at this point of our life in our lives, whatever the pain is, you probably can only see five things he's doing. And I promise you there's like 10,000 other things going on <laughs> or more than that. And so- We just have to trust, like, I don't know all that he's doing. I don't know why all this pain happened, but I trust the character of God. I trust the goodness of God. And I trust that that's not just for other people, but that's for me. And if you struggle to trust and have hope because you don't believe right now in the character, that the character of God is good for you specifically, then I wanna just challenge you, look at your life. And is there any moment, any moment in your life where God showed up for you? Is there any moment that he showed up to comfort you, to provide for you, to bless you? Because if you can pay attention to that moment for yourself personally, I want you to cling on to that. I, I guarantee there's not just one moment. I guarantee if you focus on it, there's many moments. But we're, when we're in the depths of pain, we start to think like everything's black and white. God's either all good or he's all bad. And so in a breakup, we're like, he's all bad he sucks because he let this happen. But the point is he's both, he's not bad. He's, but he allows pain to happen. The point is both things happen. We can be in bad seasons and good seasons, but eventually God works all things out for the good of those who love him. And so I, that's what I believe we can do in breakups that we press into it. We really allow ourselves to feel it, but we do so also clinging on to the hope for the future, knowing God's character and knowing that Even if we don't fully understand it, one day through time, he will make beauty from the ashes. It will make more sense. And all you have to do is keep moving one step in front of the other.
0: Yes. Okay. So I am reading through the Bible chronologically right now. It's like a 2021 goal. Here we are, January 20th. You'll have to like DM me and be like, how's it going a little bit later. But um, we're chronologically in Job. And it's so funny you're saying all this because- It's just a a really sad story where basically Job has everything taken away from him. And he has some friends that I'm sure mean the best things, but they are just not motivating or encouraging him at all. They're basically saying, like, you messed up and this is why things are hard. Like, you have to reconcile with God. Well, then eventually God comes into the picture at the very end and he affirms him and is asking him all these questions. And God kind of gets sassy with with Job and is like, Oh, like, where were you when I created the earth? Oh, yeah, that's right. You weren't created yet. Like, you don't know me. Yet. You don't, like, you don't know my, plan. Right. you don't, you don't get the full picture and scope of this. Uh-huh. So, like, please just trust me and, like, know that I want the best for you, just like you want the best yes. for you. And it's such a beautiful picture of, like, <laughs> were we at the beginning of time? Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. we weren't. Like, we don't, we don't know, like, we think we know. And I, I just love that picture of, I mean, the, the hurt and the hang ups and the pain, like, man i would trade them in any day if i could but because we don't have that option how do we show up in the midst Mm -hmm. of it and it's choosing that god means good and we will see
1: it out through time like we want it right now we want the answer today tomorrow next week why did this breakup happen why did that rejection happen why uh tell me i need to know and it's out of control because we all have problems with control to be honest for the most part and (laughs) yeah i mean for real (laughs) me too girl like absolutely but um But yeah, I mean, we have to know that it happens through time. Actually, I think that God is gracious to us because so many things in the Bible happen through like hundreds of years. (laughs) And they're like waiting for years and years and years and years on end for an answer. (laughs) And we're like one day and we're like, God, you didn't answer my prayer yesterday. (laughs) Like, you know, and I'm like,
0: (laughs) go twenty four hours later.
1: (laughs) This is not Netflix. You just don't get the instant on demand. Like
0: (laughs) and the friendly reminder that he's working out things behind the scenes. We will never like we will never know how bad it could have been because he's he's always protecting us so like you know I mean it's just so funny how silly I am and how frustrated I get with him so often when like things don't go my way and he's like Oh man, I really wish I could shave all the things going on right now because it it could totally yeah, be worse. Like the kid, <laughs> Got you, but girl. like,
1: why? Why can't I have the lollipop? Why? Why can't I have it? And the parents like, it's not good for you. Why though? I don't get it. And they're like, trust me. <laughs> like, yeah. You will know one day why sugar, constant sugar, is not good for you. <laughs> but yes. we just want it so badly right now. <laughs>
0: you know? I, know. Yeah. I heard something too that was like, there's a reason why. You know, parents take kids to swim lessons and let them scream through the, like, the fear and the pain of, like, being in the deep end, even with the protection of a lifeguard, like your instructor. But it's so that one day when you're playing in the ocean, you can actually play and have a good time and not find it dangerous or dream. Wow, that's great. It is this bigger picture of God of like, he's taking us to swim lessons because he wants us to swim so we we can enjoy swimming later, but it's not fun now. And that is, that is rejection. It's like, I hate this in the moment. It is so painful. But again, like you're saying, if I did not get rejected from that job or that dream or that person, then, or sometimes my body rejects, I feel like my body rejects me or doesn't live up to my expectation, then I wouldn't have the stories that I have today or the testimonies that I have to tell. Yes.
1: You know, my I was doing a speaking coaching session. I have a speaking coach. And she and I were talking recently. She's like, Kate, I'm really proud of you. I see that you're starting to feel safe with the unknown. And I was like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> I really needed that. <laughs> <laughs> because I told her, I'm like, I don't want to do talks on subjects that I'm not equipped for. So we're not going to do that. And like, I told her that previously. And we've started, she started challenging me on that. She's like, Oh, that's exactly where we need to go. Because
0: you are you using- Yeah, she's oh, like, thank you for telling yeah, me. I will now sign you up for that. I'm <laughs> like, no, we're
1: not. And she's like, I see you starting to feel safe with the unknown. I can't help but think of like Elsa and Frozen 2 with the into the unknown, you know, but like, <laughs> yes. they're- we're really uncomfortable with obscurity. And we're a comfortable with not knowing what all the reasons why or where things are going. And I think that when we get so lost in controlling or needing to know the why, especially when it's something like rejection and it feels really painful, um, we get lost. And usually when it'll send us into a tailspin of fear and self-doubt um and I think it's so important to instead just cling on to surrender and just taking each step forward what can I do today to just take a step forward because I'm still not going to understand why all of this went down the way it did per se you know and we may never know yeah. exactly or we may know more when we're ready to know more. Uh, So I think that's also part of like at least the initial stage of rejection.
0: That's good, yes. Mm -hmm. God has the final word and I forget that so often. So I wanna know, Kate, when you, do you feel those those spaces in your heart getting taken up by your own thoughts and like your own mind? And even sometimes the noise of the world, I feel like I let it dictate who I am and let me believe things about myself. Um, After we've like stopped, paused and reflected, what if you're okay sharing this because I know this is kind of like a vulnerable like spiritual question but have you found yourself in really um vulnerable moments with the Lord where you're able to say like God who do you say I am and if so like what are some of the things what are some of the scriptures that he's pointed or referenced yeah that maybe our friends listening could be like that's for me too.
1: oh gosh for sure I mean there has been so many times where I've had to say like God what in the world? like, why all these things are flooding me right now. And I see that they're flooding me. And if I can take a step back and stop busying myself and just sit down (laughs) for a moment, um, because I feel flooded, I can recognize, like, I feel flooded by all these thoughts and all these feelings. And some of these are lies that are coming to like eat away at me. And I find myself, it's leaking out because I'm starting to cling on to them again. And sometimes, and what I have to do, especially in a rejection, is I have to really pause. Um, I have a tendency, first of all, to like numb out through work or being busy or like just compartmentalizing. That's my numbing mechanisms, you know, and I need to recognize that because that will not help me and serve me <laughs> to really because what will happen is those lies and those things will just cling on to me more. And um, there'll be like these little sticky papers all over me <laughs> and then I'll be like, oh, gosh, look at all these sticky papers. Um so what I've what I've recognized I've had to do is just take a moment to say, okay, God, I feel flooded. There's a lot of things coming at me. And I think it's leaking into my life and I'm starting to believe old things again. And so I need your help to remind me of the truth. It's really easy sometimes to go back down that slide. So will you help me to remind me, like, who do you say that I am? Um, will you help me to not think about the girl that, um, I'm comparing myself to, or think about how I could have done things so much better. Cause all it's doing right now is making me feel shame and shitting myself. So who do you say that I am? What are the beautiful parts about me? Um, and a lot of this, Rachel, to be honest, um, has looked at, has me also connecting to the inner parts of my soul, my inner child, like the younger versions of Kate, the parts I've tried to reject and shove down and not pay attention to because in those parts of me, there, there's so much beauty and so much, um, compassion that I have for that, those parts of me and what God has speak, what God has so clearly spoken to me. And then I'll go into some verses or examples, but What he's spoken to me, especially the last few years, is just this breath prayer that I speak over to myself in these moments, which I just breathe in. Usually I'm like, and then I breathe out and I say, nothing more, nothing less, just as you are reminding me that I don't have to try to be more and be everything or I don't have to lessen my personality and my expressiveness to be, you know, calmer around people that he has created me uniquely and wonderfully. I think my favorite verse that I come back to, it's not verse, sorry, it's just a psalm, say favorite psalm that I come back to always is Psalm 139. I feel like it's a love letter to my heart always. When I read it, it's just like he has shaped me and he is for me. He goes before me. He knows all of my days, right? He has created me fearfully and wonderfully. And it reminds me that there are unique parts of me that he fashioned me purposely and without fail and uniquely because that's how he wanted to create me. So my love for Disneyland, my expressiveness, my joy and sense of enthusiasm. Um, To some people, seems overwhelming, but that's me. I don't have to discount or shove those parts down. That is who I am. And it's a beautiful way that I express and see the world. Um, and, and so um, and, and I'm passionate and sometimes I fight for justice and I fight for things. And, you know, there's been times in my life where I'm like, don't say that, Kate, okay? you just need to be at peace and you just need to not ruffle any feathers and just sit here and don't say anything because people are going to judge you or blah, blah, blah. And then I'm discounting this beautiful way in which he's created me to have passion and speak out for things I'm passionate about and want to seek justice for and, we need that we are all different parts of the mosaic and so I think for me it's really in a there's a lot of moments this is continual of like reflecting like hey God I'm flooded um can you remind me of something that is special about my unique identity um how do you see me who do you say that I am what word do you want to give me right now what picture do you want to show me of, of, of myself or of my life or of us together um and he always just reveals something beautiful. And um, most of the time I have, I I have, a, I'm very like visual. So I have a lot of visions. <laughs> and, And so like my space with God, when I go into this childlike tender part of my soul is I picture myself with God up on a hilltop. And it's like these big, um, there's usually wind, like a light wind and there's like a big tree and there's a lot of really tall grass and there's God he's in white. And I'm usually a child around like seven years old in this like really beautiful dress. And it's my space that I go to and that I feel like God speaks to my heart so clearly. And he reminds me of things of those little childlike things that he created and formed in me that are beautiful, that I can, that I am still today. And so I don't know if it's a one thing versus just like a continual process of going and entering into that space and being calm, inviting him in and allowing him to speak whatever it is my heart needs to hear, um, for however he sees me in that moment. Um, but this year especially it's been a lot of Kate, it's nothing more and nothing less just as you are.
0: Right. And that's
1: what I needed to just hear. Yeah. Well. <laughs>
0: That is beautiful. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I love also asking and just getting in a quiet space and saying, God, who do you say I am? And Kate, the thoughts that come to my mind, I'm like, there's no way that's coincidence, right? Like this one time I heard, I love your laugh. And it it stopped me and I was like wow random like (laughs) (laughs) that's weird uh I don't like my laugh and then I started thinking through why and it it brought me back to this one moment in high school like this mean girl basically mocked my laugh Mm -hmm. at in the cafeteria and I've noticed that like I I sometimes suppress like my joy Mm -hmm. because I don't want to not like be obnoxious with my laugh around people and It took me getting to that quiet space where the Lord would be like, I I created that laugh. Like I actually like auto-tuned that just for you. Like I love your laugh. And I was like, wait, I I would have missed that if I didn't, like we were saying, pause and reflect and have him have the first and the final word for me rather than defining myself or letting the world define me. Because that, we know that can be scary. (laughs) We can't trust ourselves. We can't trust the world. But we can't trust God and what he has to say because he made us. He knows his yeah. best.
1: And when it comes to rejection, like there are some, there's so many things about ourselves that we just need to fight for. You know, a lot of people want to shoot down that laugh. And I'm like, no, no, you don't get to reject my laugh. I
0: love my laugh. You know, like That's this is right. created by God. Oh, I'm like, oh, I wish that girl had done it to me yes. recently while I'm a healthier version. Yes. I just, I love this and it's needed. And I love how practical and insightful this was. But then also at the same time, like, Man, just so good to know that we're not alone in this whole rejection process because there's, I mean, everyone out there has been rejected or rejected themselves multiple times. I challenge you to believe it. Mm -hmm. Um, Just now that we're aware, we can do something about it. So I I want people to get their hands on thank you for rejecting me. So where can they do that and listen to Heart of Dating yeah, and all the fun cake yeah. things?
1: Well, thank you for rejecting me. It's going to be available anywhere books are sold. You could also go to TYFRM or thank you for dot me.com and all the things around there too. And it's so exciting. So yeah, it'll be all the places and Amazon's a great place. Get it prime to your door. Uh but then the podcast is Heart of Dating. You can find it anywhere for podcasts or go to heartofdating.com and we're Heart of Dating on Instagram and I'm kateness on Instagram k-a-i-t-n-e-s-s and I love it we're really active over on Instagram we have a fun community so I'd love to connect with people
0: <laughs> yay I'm so excited for them to connect with you big fan love you girl in your corner cheering you Thanks, on Rachel. and I'm so honored that you would spend time with us yeah today. thank you
1: for this this was so sweet and I love just talking with you you're so great at just having fun dialogues and I love I had fun <laughs>